Welcome everyone, you're watching We Heart Therapy. Today, we're gonna to talk about sexuality and highly escalated couples in stage one of EFT. And we have a very exciting guest today. Her name is Zoya Simayhotskaya. She's one of our trainers from New York City, and she's agreed to join us today and talk to us about her specialization in her specific workshop around working with sexuality in emotionally focused therapy. Thank you so much for joining us, Zoya. You're welcome. My pleasure. This is such a great idea to, to have a little chat um, that can be available to everyone. Great. So for those of our viewers who aren't familiar with who you are, who haven't been able to go to New York and attend one of your amazing workshops or see you work, can you talk to our viewers about how you came to be in the EFT community and a trainer and, and about the work you do? Because I know you go overseas as well and teach. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, my, my EFT journey was um, probably similar to many other people. I actually was trained very psychodynamically, um, and, but I was always interested in couples and families and tried to learn systemic, structural, couples communications. And what I would find is that I would read articles or attend workshop and it would all make sense on the, as I read it. And then I get into the room with a couple and it all goes out of the window. And then uh, completely accidentally, I attended a big conference on trauma and attachment and Sue was one of the keynotes and the light bulb went off. I said that I want to be able to do that. And um, I went to pursue the training and supervision and, and I, um, it, it spoke not only to me personally, uh, I changed my marriage, my personal life, but also um, completely change how I work with couples, with individuals, with families. So I'm, I'm internally grateful to Sue and so thrilled that I found it. And the other piece was that for many years I worked in a psychiatric emergency room program at Bellevue Hospital, which I think even people in other places will know. And yeah, in New York City, um, and for seven years, I worked with um, uh, people in psychiatric emergencies, in the crisis clinic, um, and one of the things um, that I find is that working in an emergency room setting and working with couples is a little bit similar. You have to be on your toes, and you have to be prepared to deal with the big, big emotion and big affect, or you know, no emotion and no affect, um, and to be able to connect to someone very quickly um, to be able to respond. Um, so the same attachment principle, the same Orogerian principles apply anywhere. And um, that was also my opportunity to teach and train many clinicians. So I'm, I'm quite passionate about that, which then brought me to become a trainer uh, for Russia. Um, so I've been going there every twice a year. Um, also Italy and Romania. So I'm really enjoying that. So EFT is not only in the United States. And I know some of our viewers who are familiar with EFT know that it's in the UK, but we've also expanded it. I know we've had externships in Italy, as you mentioned, Romania. Russia. Every, everywhere. There are so many countries. Holland, um, um, 
were um, Simona Urban in Romania, um, Belgium, um, Germany, everywhere. I mean, it's really South Africa, New Zealand, um, Hungary. It's it's Greece. I I I have to stop because we will we'll take all the time. Yeah. But that's really exciting because it really speaks to how emotionally focused therapy can cover a diverse uh, group of folks. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, you know industrialized nations mm -hmm. identifies that that core attachment need is a fundamental universal human need. That we that's all right. That's right. It may have different emotions, may have different expressions, and there are different cultural um, nuances, but that universal attachment, longing to connect and um, be cared for is um, everywhere. All cultures. That's right. So you have a specialization in sexuality, and, and how did you come to you know focus in that area? Uh, well, it was... Uh, kind of combination of two things. One, um, for a few years, I was doing clinical supervision, couples EFT supervision for a group of clinicians working for Medical Center for Female Sexuality. So what I found, um, I didn't know a lot, and they were teaching me some, um, but over and over again, they would come in and they would say, okay, we have these women and we have couples who quickly respond to our interventions, whether behavioral or uh, physical therapy, if, if women suffer from vaginismus or um, other disorders, and they would respond very quickly and the treatment would be successful. And then there were other couples and women who would not improve and they would be stuck. And that's where I found EFT was um, enormously helpful. So that was my first kind of learning about sexuality concern. And then, of course, as I began to learn and be more comfortable talking to couples about sex, suddenly all the couples began talking to me about their sexual lives or difficulties. And um, I decided I, I can't work with couples without having more knowledge. So I began to learn. I began to bring in speakers um, with different specialties. And, um, and because I realized so many of my supervisees and other EFT clinicians were saying, it's coming up, but I don't know what to do. And so then I'm afraid to ask, because if I ask, I have to do something with it. And do I need to refer people to sex therapists? And over time, I learned, I really believe that um, many of our couples that have sexual concerns would be helped by us. And there are subgroups that may need extra help where there's a considering dysfunction and um, concerns. But we in EFT um, have a model have an approach that can definitely address some of the couples that that we see that present with sexual problems right so it sounds like from your work in the various um, areas that you've been able to work at some of the locations you've learned a lot about quality mm -hmm. and couples and I like how you said you know that you found that quite a few couples were stuck and the other mm -hmm. 
just didn't quite help them. So what else have you learned specifically around sexuality and sexual issues through your work with couples? Mm -hmm. There's so much. Sexuality, one, the one big thing I learned, how complex it is. Um, and it does require some extra knowledge about human sexual response, um, bodies, and um, nuances um, that will help us do a better job uh, to do a thorough assessment and make make decisions that are what what is what is more appropriate to for the couple at what point. Um, but one of the things that I learned is that when the couple is presenting very early on with sexuality, lack of sex, discrepancy in desire, um, uh, couples who come in and say, you know, we stopped having sex two, three, five, ten years ago, right? It's a long time. And um, typically, as, as we know, they, they have a negative pattern around it. And one person is very upset, very desperate, um, is, you know, bringing it up either all the time or internally really feeling resentful and it comes out in other ways. Um, and the other partner is sort of so fed up with this and is avoiding and doesn't want to have a conversation and every, even, even a small touch um, that might be just the partner seeking affection will raise an alarm that, uh-oh, what does this mean? Are we gonna, is he going to want to have sex? Is she going to want to have sex, right? And they present with very rigid patterns. Um, and they, again, similar to some other concerns, but maybe even more, they begin to talk about in life and death terms, yeah. you know, using words like, I'm, I'm starving, I'm deprived. Um, and there's such intensity behind it. Intensity that I think often affects the therapist who suddenly hears this alarm and crisis and feels like I have to give them something. I have to give an exercise. I have to give some homework. Tell me what, you know, what, what can I give them? And what we learn is that unless we help them de-escalate in, in this relational negative cycle, uh, how they communicate about it, they will not be able most of the time to use any of the strategies or behavioral exercises. Um, so that was one, one big thing um, that I learned. Um, and also, I think, um, and this is something, you know, most EFT therapists, I think, know how to do. The piece that um, I think is important is there are certain knowledge about um, sexual response and sexual desire, you know, for example, you know, there's a, um, all the research on responsive versus spontaneous desire or what kind of model of sexuality this couple or each individual has in their, in their mind will affect how they are relating to each other. And it is my job to provide some psychoeducation and to be knowledgeable about that so I can begin to kind of um, 
um, at least put a mirror up uh, to these models that are outside of their awareness. There are assumptions that people make and they think this is just facts. Right. A lot of right. people come in to our therapy room into their relationships with a lot of myths around sex and how sex should be and what it should look like. Exactly. Right. Or even using the word sex, right? When people say we don't have sex, I have no idea what they mean. Right. Do they mean intercourse? Do they mean other things? Is there a very specific, rigid, rigid um, script that they're using? Um, and so part of my job is um, understand the rigidity, where it's coming from, because it always comes from emotional um, deprivation or emotional distress. And they are not even often aware of it. You know, we had a couple, um, somebody presented in their, I think in their 70s. -hmm. And the man was saying, you know, the Bible says you must have sex with me. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine that his wife and their therapist were not happy to hear that. Right. Right. So, but. I want to be. I want to be curious. I want to understand what would make someone um, say it's the Bible that says you must give me sex. Mm-hmm. That it went came to a point in their relationship um, where that he has to use that reason because otherwise he doesn't know how to get through to his wife. But that that brings up a really good point because I think a lot of therapists understand and see it quite often in their practice is the intersection between religion and sexuality and a lot mm-hmm. of times around the not talking about sexuality or sex and it mm-hmm. therapy room when it's like okay so now it's time to talk about sex and how often you're having sex do you guys feel connected and they're looking like the deer in the headlights like right 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 that's right that's right and especially if you as a therapist also not so comfortable there was a survey done um i don't i don't have the name of the people who conducted the survey that um i think I don't remember who the therapists were, but um, what they found out, there was uh, a group of people who had a lot of knowledge about sex, but actually were not that comfortable talking with their patients. And then there were a group of people who were quite comfortable talking about sex, but they didn't have a lot of knowledge, right? So that is going to affect how we connect with patients. And so normalizing, normalizing this important part of the relationship and giving permission to find words. Because if they can't talk about it, and if they're having problems, it's never going to change, right? So respecting their, their values and at the same time gently introducing, you know, a way to have a conversation. Because that... They most of the time, um, people do feel that this is an important part of their relationship because otherwise they would just be friends. They would be uh, parental units, um, but the romantic, the the sexuality is so important, and the way it will look, sort of the end result, is going to vary from couple to couple, and that's not up to me. And so you brought up a really good point is that therapists and professionals working with the public who 
will run across this need to educate themselves about, you know, again, certain things to do with sex and have that comfortability talking about that. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, you've actually designed an entire workshop. Mm -hmm. So talk to yeah. us about your workshop. Okay. So um, I do um, part of, so the, the workshop is really um, zooming in, you know, on how we would use EFT, the same principles of, you know, at the beginning, tracking the negative cycle, um, some, being able to see that um, couples can have two different cycles. The relational one might not be the same as the sexual one. It's not very unusual. So to be able to distinguish because people get therapists can get quickly confused they think okay the relational cycle he's the pursuer and he's looking for this connection and she's the withdrawer and she's trying to protect herself and feel safe and then suddenly we talk about sex and it's all upside down right, right? they're like wait well that what happened so now um we're even when i think most of us uh, trainers teach we do address that sometimes couples can have more than one cycle, especially around sexuality. Mm -hmm. So we want to unpack that um, and how to um, bring in sort of pieces of psychoeducation into tracking the cycle because we can start doing that pretty early on and the decisions on when to do it and when to put it aside. Right, that's something we're going to explore. Um, I do provide some basic core knowledge about uh, models of sexuality, the desire. You know, I joke that um, when people start talking to me about desire or attraction, I learn to treat it the same way I think about communications. Right, they come in and say we have communication problem. That's just the beginning. I actually don't know. It at all what they're what they mean the same applies to desire attraction etc so um some other information about sexuality that is important to to know and to keep in mind as you're working with with couples um we would we will watch videos videos of me working uh with some couples um we're struggling with different things um, and also experiential exercises. Um, we'll, we'll do some, some that focused on becoming aware of our own biases about sexuality, um, but also to practice how, for example, when one partner is so desperate and so sort of demanding and um, sometimes to a point where it feels um, forceful and non-consensual, you know, that's something that can raise a lot of concerns for the therapist, how to connect with them, how to make sense of their desperation in, around sexuality. So that's, that's one, one practice we're going we're gonna to do. And also um, on the other side, uh, people who may... Um, be more inhibited and more um, 
threatened by sexuality or years of negative sexual cycle and or and relational cycle left them feeling unsafe insecure and so they learned to not only push the partner away but also turn off their own desires mm -hmm. i recently had a um, live session a consultation session um, and the couple was very courageous and brave to say we we know there's a bunch of people watching us but this is so important we want to deal with it so they actually spoke about the erectile dysfunction and her shutting down her her um, sexual desire which immediately she burst into tears um so this will be one of the videos that i will be showing and um you'll see what happens in the end well that sounds so exciting so it sounds like so your workshop is uh sexuality and stage one of eft with highly escalated couples and so what i what i think i hear you saying is that a lot of times couples you know will work through the relational cycle but a lot of times they'll present with sexual issues and that may have a cycle of its own and sometimes the therapist can get lost or confused in trying to to understand how the two intersect or it might be different mm -hmm. so it may make it more challenging to treat it so when we you know by attending your workshop we'll be able to understand that yes it, it really can happen where there's two different cycles mm -hmm. absolutely the sexual behaviors the beliefs the emotions attached to their sexual ideas and pattern into the stage one cycle and you'll show us some uh, demonstrations of mm -hmm you've done and maybe we'll I like how you said we'll talk about our own biases can you maybe touch a little bit more on that and maybe talk about like maybe the biggest bias that you've seen from therapists as you've done this work that's a great question the biggest bias I've seen um, or the most common bias most common one right right I think I think there is oftentimes implicit idea that um, there's some type of norm that what what is normal sexual um, whether it's frequency or the kind of sex people are having um, they they have some idea it's often not necessarily in their awareness but as they start talking about the case it comes across you know there's something wrong with this right and that right to their work with the client and then so that's right feel like oh my god our therapist says we're not having sex enough when really they might be deeply connected when they have sex even if they only have sex once a month <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah i will be i will be um using um the work of emily nagoski who is a um a best-selling author of this wonderful book um come as you are on female sexuality that i think is good for men and women and um emily wrote the book after she was teaching um female sexuality class at smith college to very smart young 
sophisticated women. And at the end of the class, um, she asked for, you know, what's one thing you learned? And these brilliant women, most of them wrote, I learned that I'm normal, which is very sad, <laughs> right? That there's, they had so much doubt about being normal, that certain ways they have orgasm or their desires or fantasies may not be normal, right? So that's what, that's what made Emily write a book about normalizing and making sense of uh, what she calls our sexual inhibitors and accelerators and uh, be able to have conversations with our partners. Because there, you know, people come in and say, can you please help me have better sex with my wife? You know, how, how should I, what should I do to please her, right? And so my job is to say, well, you know, she's, she's the one that has the best answers. So let's, let's talk about it together, right? Yeah. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, and that's super interesting because I find, you know, just like in the relational cycle, sometimes couples feel like they're sending clear signals, and that comes across in the bedroom too. I feel like I'm sending clear signals that I'm aroused or that, you know, I'm really enjoying this or that I really find my spouse beautiful. And mm -hmm. your spouse just completely misses that. That's right. And then we have a miscue and then, you know, they fall into escalation. That's right. That's right. So I'm glad you brought it up because if we think about what is our goal for EFT, right, that toward, at the end of the treatment, we're hoping that the, the, the partners will be um, more accessible responsive and engaged emotionally right with each other and that includes attunement so what is sex as sue says you know sex is a dance it's an emotional dance with our bodies and so if we are not attuned if we are in some kind of you know concern and have worries about our own performance and we're not quite tuning in into our partner's cues or we're not relaxing enough to actually pay attention to my own my own body and my own arousal and my own pleasure then how can how can this dance feel good yeah and that's so important that you said that i often hear from a lot of couples where um you know one person may be the pursuer in the regular relationship cycle but they also suffer from self-esteem issues and that may mm -hmm. start to tune out of their own bodily cues that that's right they want to have sex and that's right you, know, you ask them you know well how often do you initiate or you know and they're like mm, never and you ask them well you know, are you even aware in your own body, like, you know, that you want to have sex, you know, mm -hmm. you randomly get that urge and you want to, and they're like, no, I've, I've shot it off a long time ago. You know, right. a lot of times it comes from view of self. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive yep. enough. How could my spouse want me? Or oftentimes, you know, missed cues. I've, you know, reached for my partner so many times and they've shut me off and shut me down, rejected me. And right. what's the point if I'm just going to get rejected and that hurts? So I just shut it down and tune it out. Exactly. And if I don't have the need for sex, then I don't ever have to be rejected. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
So it's yeah. like the workshop is going to be so exciting and such a vital part of our training as an EFT therapist, a really core piece that we could use some extra information. So you teach this workshop uh, a lot in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of the country. But for this right, I have done this. I have done this in, in Russia and we're about to have a big conference in Rome where I, I will be presenting. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so exciting. Yeah. First time ever, we're going to get you out here to Las Vegas to our side of the country and you're going to um, do your workshop here. It's going to be held uh, at UNLV here in Las Vegas this summer. So if you guys are interested, you can go to the Try EFT workshop or website and sign up. Now, if folks are in other parts of the country and they can't catch the Las Vegas um, workshop, how can they keep a track of where you're going to be offering this workshop? That's a good question. Um, well, I, um, I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> Because I, I do have a website. It's um, cpidnyc.com. Um, that's my center for, um, for my, my work here in New York. It's uh, cpidnyc.com. That's where we um, post this, uh, what we call sex therapy in the city series. We're now in our second year um, when we bring speakers. So... It's probably a good idea for me to have a page with my upcoming upcoming workshops if they're elsewhere. I know there will be one um, in Philadelphia in March 2018. That's the next one for sure, and maybe others. Okay. I think it's really it's I, a lot of what we will be doing. It's still very very focused on EFT, like really honing in your your skills um but i think it's it's another um area like sexuality addictions affairs that it does help to have a little extra Training. knowledge and tools in your toolbox just yeah. to feel more comfortable because the more comfortable we are the more grounded we are in the room the better eft we will will do and also know when it's time to refer out and get some extra help or extra consultation yeah. i'm hoping you know i'll cover some other pieces about you know sexuality and aging and um uh, out of control sexual behaviors those those elements how how to um nuances of working with that right Okay, super. So it sounds like if folks want to follow you on your website, which I'll post here in the video, then maybe they can sort of keep tabs on where you're going to be and, and what workshops you're going to want to, you're going to be offering. And if you guys all want to go to Rome, catch Zoya. <laughs> That's right. Super jealous. Would love to go see, uh, see you in Rome. I just want to go to Rome. <laughs> oh, I know. And this is going to be amazing with Sue and Emily Nagoski and Ian, Ian Kerner, who will be featured in one of my videos as well, because um, I like to collaborate and, and learn from other people. Excellent. And you guys don't miss the chance to see Zoya over here on the West Coast here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This summer, it's in June here in Las Vegas. Again, check out tryeft.org. You can sign up for her workshop. 
don't miss it. Zoya is super awesome. And this is such an exciting opportunity to hear and work with her. And I'm really, and I have a special, special um, place in my heart for Las Vegas because when I was trainer and trainer, I was there with Becca Jurgensen doing one of my first externships. So I'm really thrilled to come in and share my knowledge and also support your community. I'm really excited. Well, and thank you so much for coming out to be with us and, and offer your workshop. And guys, just make sure that you follow Zoya. She's got her website. Also, she's part of the NICEFT, the New York mm -hmm. Center for Emotionally Focused Therapy. And of course, our mothership, <laughs> ICEFT.com. That's right. Find more information about trainings and workshops. So thank you again so much. You're Zoya. so welcome. Us. And guys, just make sure that you check up on her and where she's going to be and check out her workshops. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to We Heart Therapy. Make sure that you hit subscribe because more episodes are on the way.